You are listening to the Amateur Church Podcast, where we pursue excellence in ministry with the right motivation for the sake of love. I'm Pastor Matt, and I'm so thankful that you are on this disciple's journey with me. This week, we've been reading through five of the uh, the minor prophets, or this book of the twelve. The five books are Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, and Habakkuk. And yes, more than likely, the only one that you are very familiar with might just be Jonah. And that's the book we're going to talk about today in our evangelism podcast today. How can we evangelize and share the gospel of Jesus Christ even through Old Testament books? We've looked at theological truths from all of these books, devotion questions that pierce our own own hearts personally. Uh, We looked at apologetics, how we can defend the faith based on these texts. And now today we're looking at evangelism from the book, specifically Jonah. Uh, You may know the book of Jonah. Uh, Jonah is about this man, uh, who this prophet of God, who was commanded in chapter 1, verse 1, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. And Jonah is called to go and preach repentance to Nineveh as a way of grace and mercy to get them to turn and repent to God. Uh, And Jonah instead goes the opposite direction. And I want to talk a little bit today about why and how Jonah did this, what took place, and what we learned from the book of Jonah uh, regarding God's sovereignty, our responsibility in, in evangelism, and uh, and how sin can actually um, be be conquered in the life of the evangelist. Uh, it says in verse 3 that Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now, so understand that he actually runs away uh, trying to flee from God's presence. It wasn't just about the people that he was told to go and, and, and preach to. He wanted to get away from the presence of God because God's presence was so strong on him. And it says that he went down to Joppa, verse 3, found a ship which was going to Tarshish, paid the fare, and went down into the ship uh, within the, to Tarshish. Uh, and then we see in verse 5 that he went uh, below in the hold of the ship, laid down and fallen asleep. Uh, he goes down into sleep and then he is thrown overboard because of a storm that takes place and the pagans realize, Jonah admits it, pagans realize he is the problem, so they throw him into down into the bottom of the sea. Now, this is not original with me. Understand that. This has been an old preacher outline for decades. I know. I heard it when I was in uh, Bible classes. But I do want to, for your sake, give you this sort of outline of the consequence of sin that leads to a downward spiral. Notice what happened when Jonah ran from God, ran from the people he was called to be on mission for. He went down to Joppa, a place he was not supposed to go, went down into the ship, went down into the lower parts of the ship, went down into a deep sleep, and went down into the bottom of the sea. Notice that progression because the consequence of sin results in a downward spiral. And I want you to think about your own life. When have you been so focused on God 
And yet when God told you to do something, you ran from it or you didn't answer yes and your life started a downward spiral. And you may even today be facing consequences of that uh, because you ran from God at one time in your life. And I want you to stop right where you are. Uh, maybe even stop this episode and just pray, cry out to God and say, God, I want to return from you. You may even be in that belly of the great fish or whale and, and you may be experiencing those consequences. And listen, I love Jonah chapter 2 verse 1. It says, then Jonah uh, prayed to the Lord his God from the stomach of the fish. And in this, uh, Jonah is is crying out, saying, "God, I will serve you. I will go for you. Uh, go for you to Nineveh." And then notice this in chapter three, uh, verse one. It says, "Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time." You see, the consequence of sin is a downward spiral, but the correction of sin is always God's heart. He desires to correct us and to to put us on the right path. God's heart was not to crush uh, Jonah, but to crush the sin in Jonah so that he might follow after God and do what he had, had uh, commanded him to do. Listen to Psalm 119, verse 67. I love this verse. And uh, it, it reminds us of the love of God. It says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. You are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. Before I was afflicted, God allows affliction so that we might be put uh, in, in the right place and on the right footing. Uh, Jonah was disciplined because of the love of God. Jonah was convicted because of his discipline. And Jonah was cleansed. Because God used that confession. Uh, he, he cried out to him and he confessed his sin. And we see that salvation, Jonah chapter 3 verse 9 says, Salvation is from the Lord. He experienced a renewed call to service and he learned to see others through the eyes of God. Now, Jonah did not like it. In fact, uh, in uh in uh, Jonah chapter 3 verse 10 it says, When God saw the deeds of the Ninevites, uh, that they turned from their wicked way. Then God relented concerning the calamity which he had declared he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. But now listen to chapter 4, verse 1. It says, But it greatly displeased Jonah, and he became angry. Jonah actually cries out and says, God, I knew you were going to do this. I knew that was going to be your response. That's why I didn't want to do it. Jonah hated these individuals, but he learned to see them through the eyes of God. The book of Jonah is not about a man that goes into the belly of a well. The book of Jonah is really about a heart for missions and evangelism for people. And we must understand that the consequence of sin in our lives leads us in a downward spiral, but can actually hurt and affect those we're called to go witness to. The correction of sin is always God's heart. And what we need to be corrected, how we are corrected, uh, is uh, leads to a renewed call of service, but also uh, correcting how we see people. Maybe the greatest correction for you today is how you see your coworkers, how you see your family members, how you see friends, how you see your supposed enemies. And so my prayer in my heart as we look at this text and ask how can we see the gospel that we would see, as I said Monday, that Christ is the greater Jonah. Why? Because Christ did not sin and then go in a downward spiral. But Christ did go down. 
Christ went down from heaven to earth. Christ went down from earth to a cross. He considered it not equality, not robbery to be equal with God, but went down as a servant to die on a cross. He went down into Hades, and then he rose from the grave. Christ went down for us so that we might be saved because he saw us. Matthew chapter 11 says he saw, uh, he, he, uh, or Matthew chapter 9 says that he saw the crowd and had compassion over them. This splachna, he, 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 he groaned for them. Christ was the greater missionary, the greatest missionary for us. And so I want you to consider that, that the book of Jonah is a missions text, an evangelistic text. May we apply it to our lives and ask, how can we love those around us? As we close out this episode, it's Throwback Thursday. And so our uh, moment in church history actually comes from the year 1523 with a guy by the name of Ulrich Zwingli. Uh, and he led the Swiss Reformation. If you remember from last week, we talked about Martin Luther in Germany at Wittenberg, who began the Protestant Reformation by nailing the 95 Theses in, 5, 1520, uh, in 1517 and then standing before the council in 1521. Well, just a few years later... Uh, Zwingli led the Swiss Reformation. Just a little background on him. He served for 10 years as a priest uh, in Switzerland. Uh, actually served as a chaplain for young Swiss mercenaries. And that actually led him to rise up against the practice of selling military services for the promise of salvation. Um, a, a, uh, a sort of indulgence type, uh, type process. He was influenced by Erasmus. We've talked about Erasmus, who was this great New Testament uh, scholar. And Zwingli learned to appreciate the Greek New Testament based on Erasmus. Zwingli became the pastor of the main church in Zurich in 1519. And uh, one of the things that made him very famous or infamous to religious leaders is that instead of following the prescribed text in the lectionary each week, preaching or, or just sharing what was in the lectionary, he declared on his first day, he said, I will preach through the gospel of Matthew. And he did so. And this was seen as an act of defiance against the church. That same year, uh, the plague came to Zurich and almost a third of the city fell victim to it. Uh, he actually became sick. Zwingli became sick and it took him three months to recover. But it renewed his own dependence upon God. And so for the next few years, he and his church faced ridicule because they trusted in God and followed God, not uh, the religious leaders, uh, the Catholic leaders. Uh, for example, they encouraged priests and nuns to marry. Uh, they tore down the Catholic images and removed them from the churches. And, uh, in fact, the Catholic Mass that was so prominent in that day was replaced by a simple service um, where, preaching, uh, where, where he preached. And ultimately, uh, in 1529, Martin Luther and Zwingli, they were brought together in Marburg by Philip of Hesse. Uh, and the point was to unite them in the Reformation attempts. So uh, Philip wanted to sit Luther and Zwingli down and say, hey, you may disagree about some things, but together we can be stronger. Well, they talked about 15 doctrinal issues. Uh, and out of those 15, Zwingli and Luther agreed on 14 of them. But they did not agree on the Eucharist or the Lord's Supper. And because of that one doctrinal issue, the meeting actually ended up 
making them separate even further. They split more than uh, uh, instead of being united. Uh, However, uh, even in their disagreements, Protestant Reformation continued to to grow, uh, and Zwingli's reform movement spread from Switzerland all the way to Geneva, which actually paved the way for a very famous reformer, John Calvin and his work, and we will talk about him pretty soon. Uh, But wanted to give you a look at this man named Ulrich Zwingli. We owe a debt of gratitude to his stand for Jesus Christ and his Reformation practices. You'll actually hear about that next week with a a group that uh, sprung from his Reformation movements. Just remember, that the most important thing is not the people, uh, but Jesus Christ. Not the practices, but the gospel. And so remember that evangelism is not complete until the evangelized become the evangelist. I love you. I'm praying for you. Stakes in the ground.